What's up, everybody? Wojo, Walter, Brojo, whatever you call me. And uh, this week, uh, we're doing a couple of extra podcasts because it's the draft. And uh, so, you know, you, you know my normal co-host. He's not here today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, here is Ricky. Yeah, Richard Sineg. Yeah, I just have one name, Ricky. Uh, don't have the great introduction like you do, but you know, next well, man you up. Have two names. You next have man name. up. Mm-hmm. John Elway likes to say. Gotcha. So we're gonna talk about the AFC West, NFC West. Uh oh, and uh, the 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 defensive backs in this year's draft. So yeah, should be fun. Should be fun. And since we were already like kind of chatting about it a little bit, let's just go right in. To uh, some of the defensive backs in this draft. You want to start with safeties or you want to start with corners? Uh, let's go with, uh, what do you prefer? I, I think corners because I think a lot of people already know a lot of the top names. And then some of the back end guys, I think we might have different guys we like. Sure. I mean, we can start with the corners. Uh, I mean, that we, let's go right after the top two that everybody keeps talking about. I mean, greedy, there's debate about who should be the top two. Greedy but I think and you know Byron, what, right? Yep. Yep. I like, I like greedy. The problem, okay, everybody has the problem with greedy about the tackling thing. Mm-hmm. The fun, right before we started recording this, Tyron Matthew posted something about a Tyron Matthew LSU guy. Yep, yep. He's like, "Yo, I hope that Kansas City like gets to draft him, not because he wants him to make as much money as possible, mm-hmm. but he's also like, but dude, I just want you to come to KC and then we'll we'll post a video doing tackling drills, just so <laughs> everybody knows you can freaking do it." Yep, yep. I mean, it's hard when you have a defense out there that has guys like Devin White cleaning up everything. I mean, how often is it really? They talk about an, uh, he doesn't want to tackle or in, an unwillingness to tackle. I'm like, man, there's just not that many opportunities. It's a great defense with a lot of studs out there. And you know what? Out of all the corners, so everybody's talking about DK Metcalf, right? Big damn wide receiver. The one guy who slowed him down, Greedy Williams. I wouldn't even say slowed him down. I think he just took him out almost completely. Yeah. So, I mean, Don't worry about his physicality there. And, and yeah, but that show, and you see it in his testing. He ha- he runs the 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 yeah. four threes, four three seven, I think. Um, he, you see it in his. He's got the size, length, speed. There, I love Byron Murphy, but there's mm. just so much with greedy that you go. I mean, unless you are worried about the head, and I get people are worrying a little bit about the tackling, and maybe he doesn't fit in every scheme. But if you're running a press man scheme, and almost every team runs a press man yep. scheme now, he's the number one guy. Yep. It, like, it's, I don't see how you can not pick him as the number one guy. I understand Byron Murphy had a uh, Byron Murphy's great too, I, and we're going to talk about him too. Well, I, I I agree. I think he is the number one guy, and while tackling's important, things are weighted differently when it comes to corners. Coverage is the most important. It's not yes. the only thing, but when he's that good, yeah. that natural as a man to man cover guy, and such a rare skill. Even at the top level of cornerback positions, uh, he's the best of the best when it comes to that. The, abis- the ability to anticipate routes, anticipate hips, stick with a man without even you know getting too handsy. You know he's able to just kind of mirror their movements. And a lot of people t- question his ball skills too because uh, you know a-, a lot of other guys had more interceptions. But I think it comes down to him not being necessarily as tested as much. Some of it's reputation, but some of it's just not an it's not a big window to throw. And I get less concerned about someone's instincts in terms of anticipating where the ball is going to be and track the ball in the air if they can make up for it with exceptional man coverage because you're getting deflections. You're not creating a big window for them to fit the ball in. The ball literally has to be perfect. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, if, if, you know, if, when somebody, if they have great ball skills and their man coverage might not be as great, they can still anticipate underthrown balls and overthrown balls to make up for that. But the reverse goes for somebody that's exceptional at sticking to somebody and doing it. Without the worry of getting too many flags, which we could talk about with maybe someone like Byron Murphy who's a bit handsy. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big question mark with a lot of the corners in this draft is a few of them are a little handsy. Yeah, no, I agree. Because you get away with that a little bit more in, in college. Yeah, that's why I think Greedy has the ability to play off man too. But his ability to pay press man and his physicality there lets me know he'll be okay when it comes to tackling. He has a good size. Um, well, and then the, the issue with the tackling thing is a, a lot of people have now been saying that he was – he was a little re- like reluctant in tackling because he knew he's coming out getting a contract. Yeah. If you know you're going to be a first round corner, yeah, I might be a little like remiss to go ahead mm-hmm. and put my nose in the dirt and end up risking cracking my neck on you know tackling a running back in the backfield. You know, depending on how you know, like, you still want to be competitive, but you're still sitting there going like, listen, 
I'm not getting paid to do this. And I think a lot of people, it's starting to come into their heads with that, a lot of the players in the draft. And we've seen it with people sitting out of bowl games, and so I understand it, especially from a cornerback position. You make your money, and this is a very stereotypical thing to say, but you make your money off of how well you can cover. If you're a liability in coverage, they don't want you, no matter how good of a tackler you are for the most part. It's just being honest, or they'll kick you inside. And of the top guys in this draft, Greedy's the one who showed he's got the athleticism. He's got the skills. He's the best. He's, he I, 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 wish I, I wish Byron Murphy tested better because I could <laughs> probably move a little bit more on that. You know what? Maybe he can play more in man. And he has played in man, yeah. press man, but not as much. They had him a lot more in zone. Yes. I mean, I think he has great change of direction, so yeah. there's some potential there. But his long speed does concern me to some extent. And if you're going to get explosive receivers going up against him that might beat him off the line, if they're able to get past that, because I know he's very good at the line, uh, I worry about his closing speed. Uh, I worry about how he'll be able to catch up. They might separate from him. You know, he, he can definitely do well with the shorter routes and great instincts, decent burst. Um, you know who he reminds me of last year? Josh Jackson. Yeah, I agree. I would even go as far as to say, you know, uh, Brandon Flowers was very similar in size and the way he played, and I, he had a very long and yeah, successful Josh Jackson career. was a lot bigger, but uh, I just mean like no, yeah, you're right. But I think everybody was very much praising him. I think PFF loved him, mm-hmm. and a guy is, who again works a lot better in a zone scheme than necessarily a man scheme, right. and you didn't really get to see the the man qualities in his tape. No, I agree. I agree, and I I think that there's potential there. But there is some concern, I mean, especially, look, we're talking about comparing him to Greedy Williams. I mean, Greedy Jackson. But um, what's his name? Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, you were I'm right think, the first time. I'm jumping all over the place with names. <laughs> um, we just said yeah, Josh Jackson. Yeah, that's, I, that's, that's Greedy Williams. Um, but, look, I mean, I think that's why he's the clear-cut best. And I think what also doesn't get talked enough about him is his cool, calm confidence that he has. He doesn't ever see him panic. If he gets out of position, he trusts his speed. He trusts his ability to make up for it. He trusts his uh, instincts. Who are we talking about, Greedy Williams? We're talking about Greedy Williams, and, and I think he also doesn't overtrust his instincts. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot with players uh, that are more gamblers. You know, they have great ball instincts, but every once in a while, those few times they might make a mistake, that's a touchdown. Yeah. He knows when to risk and when not. He knows the down to distance. a very intelligent player that I think doesn't get talked enough, talked about enough. But that's also a testament to the LSU program. I usually tend to trust their DBs coming out. Uh, that's the other thing. There's certain there's certain schools that are being known as like defensive back universities, and I don't think there's just one at this point. No, no. Uh, you know Ohio State, love it. LSU, you can um, make a case for Alabama sometimes. It's hit or miss, but they usually bring out top prospects. Now whether they last in the NFL, yeah, there's examples on both sides. So we talked about greedy. Do you have any more you want to say about Byron Murphy? Um. I wouldn't say – I think we covered the main things with regards to him. I mean, I think he's still clearly a top three, top four corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be number two. I have – Who do you have as number two? See, this one's tough because I actually really like two guys, uh, Justin Lane. Justin and, Lane. And I do like um, <laughs> Rocky Sin. Wow. I do like Rocky Sin. And let me explain why I like Rocky Sin. A um, little bit of inexperience in terms of top-level talent. I mean, I think he went to Presbyterian College mm-hmm. and then – only had one he year transferred. at Temple. He transferred. So, so he's still – and even at Temple, you're not – you know, it's not always top tier. This is coming from somebody who went to a D3 school, so they're still top tier depending on who you're talking about, but with regards to LSU and all that. But um, two-time state championship wrestler. Yeah. And people – Dan uh, Dan Quinn said something about that, the yeah. head coach of the Falcons. So the, there's a couple things that go with that. One of it is mental toughness I mean, the, and work ethic. That's something you'll always see with wrestlers. Two, body control which is very important for a corner, but also the ability to understand leverage. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about press, it's a good thing. When you're talking about uh, competing for the ball and body position, that's a good thing. So I know you see it translate on tape fairly well. I mean, I, I, I would say that he's got he's a little bit raw, mm-hmm. but the, he's made leaps and bounds even in this past year. From I mean, He's a good tackler. I mean, I just think that he's got some pretty smooth feet mm-hmm. that make up for some of the, you know, if, the more you drill, the better you get. But he can get away with it with a little bit less. So um, I think he's pretty well rounded. You know, I'm, I, I'm a, I like him in man coverage a little bit more than Byron Murphy because he's a little less handsy. Mm-hmm. I think he does have the ability to mirror in close quarters without necessarily grabbing. Um, but I think that's also a bit of a projection. Yeah, going forward, I, and I think a lot of the people who like Rocky Sin, it is a projection. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think a lot. Of, I. I, I don't know how comfortable I'd be taking him in, in the first round if I mm-hmm. was a team. I know some people have 
said that. They've mocked him there. I have a hard time taking him in the first round if I'm a team because mm-hmm. there is so much projection with him. Yeah. No, um, I, I can see that. I can also see someone rolling the dice. Yes, I can. Well, especially if you're at the end and you, you miss out on the guys you had as your top guy. Mm-hmm. You don't think Byron Murphy fits your system. I, I can totally understand it. He was at the Senior Bowl. He uh, he did pretty decent at the Senior Bowl this yeah, year. Yeah, made some buzz. And I think that's where people started keying in on him. But there were guys at the Senior Bowl who just never did anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Penny Hart's a receiver, but like, you know, he made a big buzz at the Senior Bowl, and then you watch his tape and you see his testing, and you yeah. go, "Oh, you're really slow." Aren't yeah, you? what's going on there? Um, and then the other guy who was a, a big one was uh, Lonnie Johnson. Yeah, later, I think a later round prospect. I just, I, you know, you, you watch anything else he did other than the Senior Bowl where he played pretty well, it, it's meh. So Justin Lane was an interesting one. I was shocked to see him in that top two to three range. Yeah, I've heard him, but I usually hear him behind Byron Murphy. Yeah, but I but I think um, there's been a lot of comparisons that I've seen out there to Namdi Asamoah, and I do like it. I like it for a couple of reasons. Um, one of them is his man coverage ability, and a lot of that stems from he hasn't been a corner all that long. But I think his playing receiver. There's people that transition from receiver to corner, but mm-hmm. then there's people that transition from receiver to corner with the ability to understand route running, the ability to anticipate which way someone's going by looking at their hips and eyes and all these other clues, great eye discipline. And you can, like I said before, you can make up for ball instincts with the ability to anticipate where the receiver's going to go. Because mm-hmm. it only takes a perfect throw to beat that. And in some cases, you can't beat a perfect throw. But if you're making it... Baker cons- Mayfield. Correct. And <laughs> if you're consistent, I, I knew, I knew you would appreciate that quote. But if, if the more... Uh, difficult you make it, the less that you're going to be even be tested. And that's why a lot of people questioned his ability to have ball skills. And I think a lot of it's because he was avoided. Mm-hmm. You know, he was avoided a lot, and it's because he was always in great position. He was never out of position. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that goes a long way. Uh, not everybody translates. When he was tested, um, he great pass breakups, and a lot of that, he, he has great hand timing. And I think a lot of people overlook these little new, like granular details when it comes to that. Because if you don't have great hand timing, you're getting a flag or you're missing. It's great to be in position, but if you're not making that play on the ball last minute, getting your head around, uh, that can be a problem too. I've seen plenty of times where guys are in position mm-hmm. and they get there too soon or you know, they, they attack the wrong arm. They, they don't play through the hands. You know, they, they get a little grabby on the wrist. You know, so I, I think that that's something he's shown, and uh, I really do like him a, a lot better. The, I think he's got better ball skills than even Namdi did, because I think Namdi, we saw him get a little exposed in different schemes when he moved uh, to the Eagles mm-hmm. back down. I mean, I know this was might be before your uh, expertise really kicked in in the uh, football <laughs> sphere. Uh, Wojo got his PhD in the accelerated program, but. Um, but yeah, the, the, before that, he was lights out man coverage corner, and I think Justin Lane actually resembles him a lot. Nice. So, what team do you think he'd be best to fit? Like, where do you if you're like a team, I you know like uh, like you know, I know like the Chargers are picking at the back end of the first. Would you be comfortable with the team taking him in the first? Do you think he'd have to maybe be in the second round? Maybe a team at the top there. Like if you're the Colts, maybe if you're the Colts taking a you know because the Colts need corner, the Colts need everything on that defense, even though they've been. Mm-hmm. They, their defensive coordinator has been pretty good for them, Eberflus. Uh, it, it just seems like they're always they, – they, they just seem to be lacking in real talent, and it's kind of like, well, our, just their coordinator is just so good. It's like Marinelli in, yep. in Dallas kind of yep. overachieving for being in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's true. Um, I, look, to be honest, I think the Chargers would be a better fit for someone like Rocky Sin if he's available, if they go for somebody like that. Yeah, because especially they run that, uh, mm-hmm. that cover three system with the Seahawks. Yep. And like like I said, I think he can play multiple systems, but uh, I could see them going for him, but I don't know. I don't know exactly what would be the best team to fit that needs. I just know that in terms of how he compares with the other corners, he's a sleeper. He can go from one round one to round four, to be perfectly honest. I've seen honest, people I... have him ranked like in that, that one to two range. Mm-hmm. People are kind of... And you said you were surprised yourself. I, I was shocked to hear him. Well, I was shocked to hear him so high compared to Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. And then who's your number five? Is your number five DeAndre Baker? I like Baker. You know, no touchdowns let up in 2018. You know, uh, but he's really well-rounded. I, I, I have to say, I do like him, but it, I, I, I don't know. I think I would, 
I think I would probably fit him in there at number five. I think it depends. I think it depends on when you start ranking corners. Yeah. At what point do you throw someone like a slot corner in there? Yeah. Because there's other guys in there that I really like that have not got a lot of attention. One of them is David Long from Michigan. Yeah, so we were talking about him earlier. PFF loves him. He's a great man corner. Great man. Didn't play a lot in zone. Phenomenal quickness. Yeah. Phenomenal agility. I think he tested super well. I think he was one of the top performers in both the three-cone and the short shuttle, which is really important with regards to – you know, quick hips, short spaces. If anyone, they get a two-way go on those slot receivers or whatever it is. Uh, he played a lot. Tackles for loss. Willing to stick his nose in there. Aggressive. Kind of reminds me of Chris Harris in some ways. So I would say he played that position. I know he played a much similar position to what uh, Jabril played when he was there. But I feel like he played it even more effectively. You know. Um, I like it. I, li- I like that pick. Cause I, 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 would, I might slide him at number five. And, I, and that's not the, I'm a George. I like George. But do you think he can play on the outside? I, I don't know if I don't, I'm against him playing on the outside. It depends on what you're trying to match up with. I'm not against him playing on the outside. I have some concern with his, uh, you know, I think some bigger receivers might give him problems. He's definitely physical, but, you know, the long length they have on him. But and, we saw that with uh, – uh, but we we've seen smaller corners match up. Brent Grimes, I think, was a good example. Well. Oh my god! Because he Brent can jump Grimes, through the roof. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't. know. Do you remember how well David Long uh, tested in the vert? I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it might not be as important. I'm sure he was okay. Um, but there's a little bit of concern with long speed compared to the top tier. Gotcha. I think he'd be good if they needed him in a pinch. But I think you're not maximizing his skill set. If you don't use him somewhere in that slot position, he could even be as effective at safety by Ty- like some Tyron Matthew we were talking about before. Not that different. Yeah, he's not a big guy, but he likes to stick his nose in there. He likes to smack people. He likes to get in. There's uh, what what's his name? Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah, you know guys like this. You know guys like this that he a little he's, he he reminds me a bit of. He's got a little bit of each. Yeah, of as far as the Joyner, well, at least Joyner I think has a versatility at free safety that I don't think Long would end up having. I think he'd right. be more closer to the line of scrimmage. Correct. Kind of like a Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, another one that I would, yep. I could see a team like the Patriots, especially with the two second-round picks and the multiple thirds. Mm-hmm. I could see them sometime on day two grabbing that guy because they like, they like that coverage unit. They like yes. building upon it. Another team that might be beneficial with trying to take a guy like that is Kansas City, another team oh, that yeah. has two second-round picks. Uh, their defense has been uh, – Swiss cheese, but like they just been trash a bit. Like you know, Kendall Man, Fuller's Eric okay. Barry, it's like yeah, it, well, that was, yeah, especially without Eric Berry. I mean, Eric Berry was like the one guy who would shut down Gronk in yeah. the safety role. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't know how effective someone like this would be against somebody. I mean, I know Gronk's not playing with someone like that. Yeah. You know, we'll see how this Hawkinson kid turns out, or you know, some you know, of the I can see is like so, now you have the pass catching running backs, mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. you say you were running, you know, say you're going up against the Saints, Dalvin Kamara. And you saw yep. with how the, the Browns played the Saints last year. They had Jabril keying in on Kamara and Smart. shut Kamara down. Smart. So having a guy who is that versatile and quick and a good tackler at defensive back, I've heard questions with his tackling as far as being a well, – as mm-hmm. far as being a uh, – and I just don't know if it's it – he, he wasn't as tested as much. Yeah, or, he, no, he, I mean he's a physical kid. I think the concern is because he's a little bit more slender than other guys that when you get to the NFL mm-hmm. – it might be a. He doesn't know if it translates as well. He's a bit of a, a less of a rap tackler, you know, more of a a, a stop and pop. Gotcha. But uh, you know, and and a little bit of a leg diver when it comes to those bigger guys. But he gets them to the ground. He's got a lot of tackles for loss too. So I think that he, you know, he's good at blitzing off the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, versatile, you know. I think that's what we're seeing defenses needing to be more and more of. At, almost all positions because of the versatility of the office, like you mentioned. People like Christian McCaffrey and, and Alvin Kamara, you know. You need a guy who can cover him out of the backfield and also be efficient in tackling. Yes, in space. Yeah. And I think he's fairly good at tackling in space, too. Gotcha. I think that's important. When he gets someone and it's just one-on-one with the running back, he tends to do pretty well. There's other guys that might struggle with that uh, in this class, but uh, I think that he is less to worry about. But he's also a question mark. You know, like I said, I'm not sure if I have him at 5 or 10. You know, yeah, well, it depends on your team's needs. Yeah, when no, you get to a certain point in the draft, and even uh, it, you know, even with somebody like Greedy, I think the corners in this class, there's no like Jalen Ramsey this mm-hmm. year. There's nobody who you would be like, you know what? I got him. I don't got to worry about him. He's gonna play everywhere I can. Yeah, uh, he can do everything. Yeah, there's there's very few of those. I think Denzel Ward was that last year. I think Denzel Ward could play mm-hmm. uh, in pretty any pretty much any system. But he, you know, people have questions with him because he was small. 
Right. I mean, um, but he actually, but now, you know, I was thinking about that. That's another smaller corner who played pretty well against bigger guys. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I think there's also, the reason why I'm hesitant to put him at five sometimes is because of a guy like Baker. Yeah. And Baker is such a good, and I know you love that name, but we're focusing on the last name, Baker. So we're not thinking about Mayfield right now. So just calm down. <laughs> so you get a, like the little twinkle in your eye. But uh, he's great man coverage. In contention for the best man coverage maybe could rival Greedy in terms of his man coverage. However, that's limited to press man. Mm. I think that his off man can be a little exposed. I don't know necessarily. I think he's a little bit susceptible to the double move mm-hmm. when he's playing off or when he's in zone. I think he gets a little jumpy. Uh, you don't really see that with someone like Greedy. You see that a little bit more with Baker. Again, no touchdowns in 2018, so it's working. But so he still seems specific, maybe a little bit more versatile than say Byron Murphy. For sure. Um, but I, I, I think there's questions with his testing. But I noticed this: everybody from Georgia did not test well. It's like it, it's kind of like a weird thing. Like I, maybe because they went so far. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I it, it's it's very strange. Uh, a little bit of wear and tear. You mean? Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, who knows? But maybe there's certain types of guys that they look for and. I don't know. Maybe they don't weigh that much on athleticism that they used to. You know, I think they've had studs come out in the past that were never great, that weren't always the best testers, but they still were productive players. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Alabama thing, where Alabama's kind of like well, they have a grueling program, and you see that a lot with their guys. Yeah, and they end up coming out and they don't test as well mm-hmm. as people expected. Uh, this year's linebacker Mac Wilson. Ran mm-hmm. four, you know, now granted, Mac Wilson has the issue that he's mm-hmm. going. You know, he came in in the same year as Devin White and Devin Bush. Oof, yeah, the Devins. Yeah, who, who are apparently running faster than any other linebacker could possibly run. So no, it's phenomenal. It's it's super exciting if you're somebody that needs a linebacker, which my team. But has. only if you're in the top fifteen, pretty much, because those right. guys are going to be gone if you're. And then outside of that, like if you're the Steelers, you're kind of like, well. I guess I'm going to go with this, or I'm going to go a different position. Because it's yeah. not a very stacked That's linebacker exactly class. how I picture Mike Tomlin talking when yes. the cameras aren't on. <laughs> Just a little. Like a, like a nice little uh, like California white woman. Yeah, a little up-speak at the end, too. Yeah. Like, we're just going to go with this. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I, I, and again, Baker, I, I, I have Baker a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot. I think if you're taking him in the top 50 picks um, – Again, I think almost any time you do the defensive back position, it's uh, it's a position where you have to know how your guy's going to line up and what posi- you know, like your scheme and how they work in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think another guy that's worth mentioning, yeah. but th- and the reason is because we brought up some both strengths and weaknesses that apply to him in kind of a, a, a perfect combination. Uh, Clemson, Trayvon. Yes, he, he, Trayvon Mullen. He – very good quick hips, um, but it's weird because he's still slow out of the break. Mm-hmm. So when he's breaking on balls, might be a problem with the more explosive receivers that have that great first step. You're talking, you know, the Antonio Browns, great first step. You know, coming out of the break, it's fluid, it's smooth. Julio Jones is also very similar with that, despite the fact that he's got that long speed as well. Yeah. So, you know, you start thinking of, like, where he goes, that might depend who yeah. he's playing against, you know, the strength of the receivers in that division. But we're starting to see stars all over the place. Um, but he also didn't allow a touchdown in college, so it's it's to be noted. It's to be noted when they when they do that. But they have a lot of studs on their defense as well. Yeah, that defensive defensive line, line might have something to do with it. So I don't know. When if you it, only have to cover for you know three seconds. Yeah, uh, you're not going to have to worry too much when you have you know. All right, I just have to cover for as long as you know Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, mm-hmm. and Cleveland Farrell, and all the other studs Farrell, up yeah. there are just going to go ahead and. Both goes through somebody else's offensive line. Correct. No, I, 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 that's why I kind of I don't have him in the top five. Yeah, and some people do. Uh, it might be. I mean, look, still a tremendous player in a lot of aspects. Not knocking him, just in comparison. Open field tackling, also a little concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's not a bad tackler um, if he has to come up, but if he's out in the open field, if there's a big breakaway. Uh, maybe he could be exposed. I've seen it a couple times on film, and some of that has to do with his uh, inability to change direction. Uh, you know, he has fluid hips, but yeah. in terms of stopping and coming downhill, it's a little different. You would think that they go hand-in-hand, hand, but they don't. Hmm. Doesn't have a good first step out of the burst. Gotcha. Comparatively. So he has a great first step compared to you and me. 
but compared yeah. <laughs> to greedy, it's it's when you're you're being compared to you know you're talking about the top athletes in of course in football. But I like to throw that disclaimer because there's always those guys that you know. Yeah, I, I, he's way faster than you, isn't yeah. he? He's well, way I would quicker hope so. than you. Yeah, he's getting paid millions of dollars to do this. Correct. Hopefully. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of guys. I don't know if you t- saw took a look at them or not. Um. Uh, Sean Bunting and uh, Amani Aruwari, the, the Penn, Penn State. State guy. How do you <laughs> feel about those guys? Um, Sean Bunting, I think, is a very solid player. Um, he's very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I liked him a lot. I thought, you know, as far as, uh, you know, he's good. Another one of those guys who's, you know, if you put him in a press man scheme, yeah, uh, knows how to use the corner. I uh, use, you know, how to use the boundary really well. I was going to say – it's funny you said boundary because that's the exact word that I was thinking when talking about the Penn State guy. Yeah. Because um, I do worry about him a little bit in being in open space mm-hmm. just a little bit. I mean I think he sort of reminds me a bit of like a what Morris Claiborne ended up being. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not – I don't – I'm trying to be careful about how I say this because I think Morris Claiborne is a good player. But I think coming I'm out, shocked he hasn't been signed anywhere yet. Yes, but but here, but um, that's because of the injuries. Yes, and I, but I think that his projection to being a man corner didn't pan out as well as I think we thought. Mm-hmm. He ended up being a little bit more of solely a press man, physical corner, less down the field, being able to stay with the top elite receivers, and sticking more to kind of like the boundary. And I think that that's somebody that the, that um. The Penn State guy, what's his name again? Monty Oriori. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to butcher it because I'm not. Really uh, I'm good sure at I butchered yeah. it. Yeah, I butcher yours, and I've known you for years. Oh. Well. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I mean, you know a little bit more about them than me, um, but I think that in comparison to some of the people we talked about, they might be just a cut under, or at least Amani is. I think yeah, there's I a little bit more promise. I always a little bit more with Penn State guys, just because Penn State. <sighs> What happened to Apke? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it, sometimes it they test like well. Penn too. State gets all these really good athletes, yeah. and people really like them. I'm, and I, you know, like if you're again, I feel like especially this year's draft, like I wouldn't feel bad if I took Amani Oriorie in the like late second, early third, mm-hmm. because all right, this guy could pan out. I think you're he's an hope- intelligent player. Yeah, um, could be a good safety, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, like if you're a team that maybe already has their their set of, like uh, the Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe with that that third, I don't think he's going to be there by the time they pick in the third. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe if they want to trade up a little bit, I, I could see him being that kind of a player. There's a lot of guys; they all kind of fit in that same phylum of of player. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three guys I feel really comfortable where they're going to land, how they're going to play. You know, Byron Murphy, Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker. I yeah. feel like. If they went to the right scheme right away, they are players. Um, then the rest, I feel like, are projections and kind of more, except for like the projects guys who are, sometimes. yeah, more projects. Except for maybe like David Long, who's you know, but you said like small slot corner, probably more or less. Um, or uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, maybe could end up being like a Malcolm Butler kind of player. Yes, yeah, I think that's actually the the comparison some people had with him, which is fair. Yeah, but. That's what I'm saying. Malcolm Butler is able to play on the outside as well. Yeah, that's you why know? I was. That's yeah. why I'm not too worried with him because it's not like he's he's not diminutive. Chris Harris small. could too. Yeah, and that's why when I uh, compared him to it, it was a it was a compliment to him. Um, I think I uh, I and I know Harris is your boy. Of course. Um, no and, bias and, here. And I know you love him, but that's why I didn't want to compare him to Harris only because Harris I feel like is the top end prospect version of what he can be. Yeah. I like Butler, but I don't think Butler's in the same in the same hemisphere as far as where Harris is. He's, he's close, mm-hmm. but he's probably like the next tier down yeah. of player. Yeah. Um, were there any other corners you want to talk about or do you want to jump right to safety? One other corner we, we, I would talk about is uh, Sheffield from Ohio state. I'm a yeah. Ohio state corner guy. What can I say? I, I like them. They're, they're Sheffield. always productive. They're always fantastic athletes. Uh, good size, good speed, decent strength. He's got it all. He's just kind of raw. And I think you see that inconsistency, with some of his instincts, I feel like mm-hmm. he doesn't know. You see, they're there because they show up. Like, how did he know that? How did he read that? He read the receiver's route, and he was able to anticipate where the quarterback was throwing the ball. Um, he gets a good feel for it, but sometimes he hesitates. You see him see it, doesn't always press the gas, and I think that becomes, you know, just getting a little bit more technically sound, just getting a little bit more eye discipline. Trust, yeah, trusting his eyes. Yes, 
Yes, and I think that that's that's something that'll come. And 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 you know, like I said, you can you can teach certain things, but there's certain physical traits that we can't deny that give you the ability to adapt to something much quicker and pick up movements quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he has all the tools to be able to do that. And I don't see any knocks on his work ethic. I don't see any knocks on him not being coachable. So I think there's uh, he's one of those guys that could be the top corner, you know, from a physical standpoint. Yeah. You know, but, you know, maybe he could be, you know, someone someone like that Antonio Cromartie, you know, or, or his cousin, DRC. They were always guys that said, these guys are super athletic. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, uh, some tape that's up there with the best. But it's not consistent. And, you know, I, I think we saw how their careers played out. You know, for a span, they were all re- both really good, and they disappeared, and they came back. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that could be the best, or he could be a flash in the pan. But I think that that skill set shouldn't go overlooked. So I think it's worth mentioning. I think somebody had him ranked... Like number 30, I think I saw on a couple things. Number 30 overall or 30? 30 in the corners. Oh, that's really And I've had other people rank him in the top 10. So I think it's one of those things where they look at that, and it depends on how much you value raw athletic ability and the ability to have your body just learn something, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think, you know, I think that's that's something worth noting. Um, That's pretty much it. I think Lonnie Jackson is not someone that – Lonnie Johnson? Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. I think he's more of a late round prospect. I know people have been talking about him in the second and first. Um, what about? Did you uh, look into Julian Love or the Notre Dame guy? Um, I did look into him a bit, but I. I mean, again, I left him off that those ten. Yeah. I actually would probably put him in a similar class with uh, Lonnie Johnson. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, but right. is it, we can jump into safeties too. Yes. So who's your top safety, man? I think it's Juan Thornhill. I think he could play free or thorn. Oh, I like Juan Thornhill, and I was hoping he'd follow the second round for the Browns if they were because they they might need to replace. Uh, so bet, they so have you know, three safeties that are not going to be in that building, or at least two safeties that won't be in that building next year. Yeah. So I was hoping he'd follow the second, but damn! Oh wow, you you think you think really highly of him. Well, I think he doesn't have a low, like his floor is not low. His ceiling can be high. I, I think that he's. He can play free or strong. That's you the thing. I that's a, that's the thing. I think that's why I think he's underrated is the position at safety that he plays yeah. is a lot. It's you know deep and free safety. You know the deep like ball like the the free safety player is a lot more valuable than say a strong safety. Anybody can you can kind of find a box safety almost anywhere. Yeah, and it also depends on you know their ability to be able to call because in some defenses they are the field general. Yeah, and you know their ability to comprehend the playbook. I always say this corners yeah um and it's not that corners can't be smart there's i'm not saying there's any correlation i'm just saying that it's a little bit less mentally taxing than say safety or or sometimes middle linebacker yeah um but it's the hardest to play i think corner might be the hardest position to play physically yeah right you really need that's why athleticism is so stressed emphasized people all eyes are on the dbs on the the day of the combine yeah specifically the corners safety you can get a get away with being a little bit less athletic if you're athletic, it's a huge plus. Yeah. But if you have that mind to be able to understand not only what you're doing, what other people are doing, what the other team's doing, and how the you're going to adjust. Yes. Yeah. And communicate to those corners. That's a lot of the things with the corners. A lot of what you need to do is going to be communicated to you. You just yeah. have to interpret those signals. The safety is the one uh, making those signals and distributing them. Yeah, the, the captains the of the defensive backs. Right. And I think that he's he can be he's one of those guys. He's shown it. He hasn't shown any sort of mental lapses from what I can remember too many. Mm-hmm. Um so I that's why I think he's incredibly well-rounded, decent tackler. I, he can come up and stop the run, physical, strong, f- tested well. I think he's somebody that'll he's former rising. corner. Actually kind of reminds former me of corner. Demarius Randall. Yes. Yes. And and f- he's a former corner. That, you know, it was one of those played things. Played a lot better when he went to free safety. Yes, but that's the, but here's the thing. It's one of those things that I think he transitioned mm-hmm. from corner, not necessarily because he was an inept corner, yeah. but because he was a big physical, well, big and six, six foot 205, but, you yeah. know, in terms of, like, good safety size, um, good length, mm-hmm. and smart. That's what you want someone who was a former corner turn safe. You don't always want the one who just wasn't athletic enough to play corner yeah. that they move 
and is an effective. No, and he's safety. clearly yeah. athletic enough. That's yeah, the thing. That's, that's the thing. It's like yes, he he had the and he improved. He improved from the first year playing corner, and then when he when he switched over, like he, even when he was playing corner, he improved at corner. Yeah, and then he switched to safety. And again, that I'm actually kind of appreciative that you have him as the top of your safety because <laughs> I like him a lot. I was again, I, you know, uh, Browns don't have a first round pick. They might need to stock up more on the defensive backs. Mm. Um, and a versatile guy, very useful. Yeah, and I, well, I think you probably don't want other people to have him rank super high, though. So yeah, exactly. You don't want you don't want so other teams. Forget yeah. everything I just said. Yeah, Let's just it, keep that. Well, you're another secret. team that's trying to you know because everybody everybody right now doing their draft boards went. Hold on, wait a second. Richard Sinig is releasing his. Yeah, I'm sure that John his, was his, really listening in on what I have to say. Yes, uh, you know they probably wouldn't be too uh, hard up against uh, probably grabbing a guy. Yeah, no, like that, of course. I yeah. don't. I mean, look, but however, I don't. I think, mean, they always seem to draft a, a corner. I I don't think he's that similar uh, from Simmons. Yeah, that they have. So, uh, I think it's it's kind of like that. It's a mm-hmm. it's a but a little bit better tackler, and uh, I think so, Simmons has a high ceiling. I'm not. Yeah. I actually hold Simmons in pretty hard regard. Justin Simmons, a safety for the Broncos, but uh, no, this guy. I mean, great ball skills, and I think it's more important to ball skills for a safety than mm-hmm. it is for a corner. Because I think if the corner, if you have man skills and don't necessarily have ball skills, it can overcome it. If you're a safety, he has man skills. They're decent. Yeah. And he could be a playmaker. He could see the whole field. He's got good range. I mean, it's all the above. All the above. Um, I don't know for sure that he's number one, but he's. I think he's definitely in contention. I might put him there. Yeah. I I, I don't – I again, there's no part of the analysis that – and if – a lot of, and again with safety a lot of it comes down to scheme specific where you know are you playing two mm-hmm. or single high do you blitz a lot you know are you using your safety in some kind of man coverage uh, situation a lot more than uh, other times mm-hmm. it depends on what you're doing exactly yeah i agree um who's your second second's probably uh, a little bit of a toss up um I, you know, it's funny because, like, there's guys that they have at the top all the time, and I do like them. I do think they're good. But I almost think these guys get overlooked, and that's maybe why I'm kind of fighting for them. I don't know why. But the, um, in terms of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson yeah, from Florida, also former corner. I have a, a bias towards safeties who were corners yeah, because I think it's important to not forget that skill set. You know, I think and it's you important. And they know it. They know what the other, you know, the other people, the other players who they are now – you know, playing along with, yes. they know what their yes. their job is as well. For sure. And look, injuries happen. Next man up. You want somebody that's going to be able to be a little versatile and can go there, go to cover a slot, could cover a, a tight end, have the speed to cover a tight end, mm-hmm. and he, they might be able to overpower certain slots and beat them at the line, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, so that's important to me. And I think that uh, he's, he's a thick kid. You know what I mean? I think he's, he's running like, what, 210? He's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's got a. Uh, he could play pretty much all over the defense. Can he, play single high. Can play in the box. Can he's match an effective up and run man. defender, and he's got a lot of tackles for loss. Yeah, I think he had a somewhere around nine or ten within the backfield. I mean, he's not always down at the line. You know, he's coming down from a safety position that it's not something like where David Long's always blitzing off the edge. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's a little bit more impressive. He's able to read the run that quick and come up and make a fit where he needs to be. Um, so that's him and. Uh, the other person that I like to put there, and I have, is uh, Nasir Adderley. And I know you like him, too. Yeah. Where no, on the oh. street is. And, he look, he's very coachable, learns quickly, from what I understand. Uh, for the senior bowl, they used, that's what the buzz around the senior bowl was. He got a lot of buzz. Um, can play all over, but I would say predominantly free. Yeah. Because his tackling, his tackling is gradually improved. Yeah. And I think his ability to cover, I think it's harder to learn to cover than it is to get the right tackling. I mean, he has the size to tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of getting the mechanics a little bit more fundamentally sound. I think it's a little bit easier than, you know, his skill set's already there as far as coverage. Yeah. So out of those three guys, it's one. It goes Thornhill, Chauncey, and then Nazir. Or is it? Yes. It's not a, in a particular order. Is, is that the exact order? <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I would say that. All right. I, I think to... I probably have Chauncey switched with Juan Thornhill because I feel like Chauncey even has a little bit more versatility. Kind of mm-hmm. plays that nickelbacker role. Yeah. A little bit more. Um. I wouldn't deny. I wouldn't argue. Yeah. With and again, I like I, and I like Juan Thornhill a lot. And uh, I I just I think all three of these guys are probably in that top fifty range. Mm-hmm. So I, I like all three of them. 
Yeah, I, and again, I think your assessment as far as Gardner is good because he's also – I think he's better in terms of run defense. Yeah. I think he's a better sure tackler. You know, so – And those top Thornhill. two guys, I think Thornhill kind of reminds me more of Byron Murphy, mm-hmm. whereas, uh, I, you know, God forbid I invoke this name, but like more Eric Berry with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where he could probably – I know Eric Berry took a while to acclimate to doing free safety work, but kind of – in that mold. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, in terms of the playmaking ability, I can definitely see it. Uh, yeah. But Derek Berry was special in terms of that category. I think uh, – I just meant more in the versatility, deep, strong. Yeah. Kind of be even able to match up and could play, play really, corner, like could, we said. Yeah. yeah. Has uh, in certain situations. And probably a good player to match up with uh, tight ends, but also good at stopping uh, the run and getting tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree. As far as beyond that, what rounds out your top five? So here's a name that they, they a lot of people talk about: Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State. I don't have him in my top five. As far I, I well, I don't. I think it's a, again when it comes to safety, it comes down to what you want and right. need. And I think the problem with him is he is pretty much strictly a box safety. He's got a little Cam Chancellor to him, not quite as big. I, I, I can see him in the enforcer role. Well, but that's this what isn't people like have the, described him as. Yeah. The only thing is, like last year, I was I, I would say I'm I was higher on Derwin James last year because he kind of had that that uh, enforcer role. Yeah, but he had some but good he had skills he too. was like a blitz backer. Like he could have yeah. you could have played him at linebacker safety. Yeah, and not only that, rushed him off the edge, and you basically had a third blitzer. You had and he actually at one point had more uh, more um, sacks last year than Bradley Chubb or was on the same pace. Yeah, he's, he's got more value in terms of being a game changer, uh, no doubt. Uh, Talking about um, Derwin James, but uh, but I mean that in terms of him though, he's definitely a leader, right? He's an enforcer. I think. Oh, Darnell Savage was the is probably the next one up. I think for me, I think he tested well, and that's what shot him really high. But I don't know. I I, I don't know that I would have. I guess you could make a case. I would probably put him at least tied for fifth with either one, with probably um, Abram. Because I think that the intangibles yeah. are what put Abram where he needs to be. Yeah. I think he's a leader of men. I think he's an alpha dog. And I think that there's a little bit of Jamal Adams in him from that standpoint and his physicality. So if you use him in the right scheme, he can do leaps and bounds in terms of player development and getting everyone to buy in on the same page as well as teaching them. I think he's very smart. I, I think he's limited in terms of open field tackling and man coverage. But he can... Do it where need to need be in certain situations with certain players. You might n- not always want to match him up against the best. Yeah, but uh, he's, he's serviceable in that right, regard. serviceable. So I I think that Jamal Adams has better cover skills, but I think that there's something to be said about that. You kind mean Dar- of Darnell Savage? Are you talking about Jamal Adams? The no the, Jamal the, Adams in comparison to uh, Jonathan Abram, the the Jets player. Yes, All yeah, right. yeah. I'm saying that like he can be that 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 kind of strong. I'm saying safety. his intangibles are similar. Yeah, you know, but and I think his physicality is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, his attitude is similar, but I think that in terms of coverage, that's why I want to separate that. You know, Jamal, I think Jamal Adams was a better complete player. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's why he went where he did. Yeah, but there is something to be said about uh, Abram in that in that aspect. Um, and no, uh, you you can make a case for uh, Savage. Uh, you know, he's again probably pretty much plays the same position, but maybe more athletic, kind of more strong safety. But four three six, I think. Yeah, but I don't think they played him as much as far as uh, in that free safety role. No. Um, but dude is, dude's fast. Mm-hmm. He's kind of he's good in coverage. He wasn't yes. like so. And I think with his athleticism, you can play him up, man up with somebody, and it's not as much of an issue. And no. you know, again, I keep coming back to this. I I think he can kind of be um the. I'm not going to say – because I think Jonathan Abrams, I think because of his lack of being able to, to cover somebody particularly in man coverage as well as, say, somebody like Darnell Savage, I think that kind of affects it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the not having as much versatility uh, as far as – even if you're trying to match up against – he's not going to match up against any wide receiver. No, I don't think so. And I think Darnell Savage can be used in that. He can be a yep. Buda Baker kind of player. Uh, beyond that, well, I, and again, I think it depends. Again, we were talking about players. I I don't think I would take Jonathan, a guy like Jonathan Abrams, before the third round, unless my team, unless I was like the Colts, who need that kind of player. Yeah, I think I'd be the best team that could probably grab him 
and be like, listen, especially if, you know, the intangibles are everything. We don't get to interview him. I've never got to interview the guy. Yeah. I don't get to That's do true. what all these teams do. That's, you know, when you're playing it from our perspective, it's more like, ah, it's kind of fun analysis, but we really don't Correct. know the guy. Correct, not sitting in the rooms, no. This is um, all secondhand and obviously thirdhand. Probably. Yeah, because that was the, that's but, the issue a lot of people had with the, uh, DeAndre Baker. We were talking about him earlier, the corner, yeah. and he's. Uh, I like DeAndre Baker. I think he's great, but there's been question marks about his personality, his mm-hmm. work ethic, that he wasn't going to you know this training for uh, for the combine and the training that right there that affects a lot of your stock yep. as far as like I, I, they're not talking about receivers today, but Nikhil Harry. Yeah. He apparently like boosted his forty time by actually having a coach coach him through how to do that and repeatedly getting better at it. Oh, dude, uh, Champ Bailey. He goes all the way back to Champ Bailey doing that. He was in the you know mid four threes. Yeah. Worked with the speed coach. Got a four two eight. That do even when you're already at the top top and you're still trying to get that extra edge. That's what teams like to see. Because while it's impressive to run a four two eight, it's the work that you put in already running a four three five. That you cared that much that you said you wanted to get sub four three to really uh, boost your stock. So I think that's that's something to be said about someone like a Nikhil Harry. And ironically enough, we're talking about Champaign, Georgia. I mean, you would think that maybe there'd be a little bit of a mentor passed down. I don't know as much about what was said about Baker in terms of his uh, work ethic in the training. That'll let you speak to that. But um, that is something. And he wasn't that I'm going sure to his. Like he wasn't. He wasn't training for the the forty that hard. He maybe was he was skipping content practices with where he was. for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, a couple of other guys who I kind like. It's kind of weird. You kind of have to group them off, almost kind of like how, like, because like, if I didn't get Darnell Savage, I'd probably be okay if I got a Monty Hooker, or if I got uh, if I'm running a team, or if I got a uh, Taylor Rapp, because yeah. Taylor Rapp's another guy who, and he he was a guy some people even talk about in the first round, and then he tested badly. Yeah, I was gonna say, was he the four seven? I think yeah, he was, he was the four, one seven, who ran a five. four seven. And he's me. not gonna. Oh, well, I don't think he's gonna go in the first round now. But like you were saying before, Jonathan Abrams, another one of those guys who uh, has that. A, it's a you know personality thing. A lot of guys have been saying again, he's got that uh, that intangibles kind of role mm-hmm. going to him. Correct. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't think I would take Taylor Rapp though, as high as people were saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying when it comes to like, oh, maybe I like Jonathan Abrams, right? Maybe I like him a lot. Uh, as far as players go, I don't think the difference between him and Rap and Amani Hooker are all that different. Mm-hmm. And so you're if, talking about value with this, yeah, point. that's the other thing is I think the value of a guy like Juan Thornhill, a guy like Chauncey yeah. Gardner Johnson, a guy it like, makes sense that early. And, and Rap has has had that versatility of being a good slot corner of can play like in zone and and can play that uh can almost be like a nickel slot guy. I, I know he didn't test well, but he, he's done better at that position than some of the other safeties in this class. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's... it's so, like, again, another guy who's kind of like a Buda Baker kind of deal. It may sound harsh, I, it's just, and I know that people have succeeded with worse 40s, but I just mean that there's something about certain so, skill positions yeah. that I oh, kind of have a cap. I have a cap, you know, because most receivers run faster than that. And the ones that run... <clears throat> what he ran are at least big physical specimens and precise route runners. Yeah. So they're going to get a jump on you because they know where they're going and you don't. Yeah. So uh, you worry about that. You get beat, are you going to recover? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so I, I know it's, it's a little harsh and it's not everything. And he's a tremendous football player. Uh, but there, sometimes it's just some rules that I live by. And I get, I guess it's all, it's all, it's all preference. All pers- so it depends on what you well, and keep in mind, I'm not going to be using him as an outside corner. No. I'm going to probably be using him as a strong safety slot corner. So somebody and so there's Jonathan guys. Cyprian was actually pretty successful. He what? He don't think he tested too well in terms of the forty. I know there's a lot of guys who is slot corner wise. Like oh, what's uh, the the king? The guy from uh, Desmond King. Desmond King from uh, the L.A. Chargers. He did not test well <clears throat> at all either. What was his forty? I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was. Uh, it was possibly four six. I can't. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um, but again, another guy who he plays really well at safety and slot corner, and that's you know, like you're saying, you know, you were saying he earlier, was corner, right? He was yeah, he was a corner, straight college. corner. Yeah. And now he plays kind of that slot corner safety role, which right. works really well for him. Yeah. And so I think with Taylor Rapp, I'm less worried with it than say if he was playing stri- like Tease Tabor, who was playing corner mm. in college, and. But also yeah, kind of showed he, he he was another one who ran four seven as a corner, didn't show really the skills of being of being a uh, of being a good corner like be, uh, being able to translate to another position. 
And I maybe now we haven't seen the Detroit Lions try him at that either. Right. What, and what, he was a second rounder. What, so when you're taking flyers at corner in the second round, sometimes like you know you know you you have the positional depth. Yeah. Sometimes you can take the flyer in the second or third round, especially if you're picking up a late second, mm-hmm. early third. You know, it's a, not the best way to go about it. Still, but if you're in a maybe a, a weak draft some years, mm-hmm. um, that was a good draft though for corners. So that was kind of a rough one to, to miss on. Yeah, I think it's because you know with T's. I I think he's actually faster than he tested. He doesn't, yeah. you know, on film he doesn't look like he runs a four seven five. He looks a little bit better than that. I'm not saying he's a burner, but yeah. with um, rap, I, I just don't think that there was always the opportunity, like you said, because they, you know, they used him in an intelligent way. Yeah, you know, so there wasn't always the chance for that speed to get exposed. So I think that's why a lot of people were kind of surprised yeah. when it happened. But there was less of an example to like. You could defend T's Tabor and be like, oh, he tested bad, but on film he's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's been situations where he's been able to use speed and he was able to get And he up. was successful at corner. Correct. And being successful at corner and you have a question mark about the speed, I, I think it's kind of a, like a, a double-edged sword. Right. On the one end, I saw him be good at corner, which right. is a a position of be, uh, of athleticism. So maybe it's just he didn't test well. It's a snapshot. Right. Well, Joe Hayden didn't test all that well either. Yeah. He ran a 4.6, and everybody knows that he's – one of the best and can keep up with the And best. he's still doing good. I would say he's really a high 4-4, four, 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 low 4-5 four, yeah. guy. So I, and, whatever he's put on paper is not. And, and that's what it is. Sometimes the combine is just that. It's a snapshot. Yep. So you have to be seeing, all right, maybe, you know, that's why a lot of scouts say they look back at the tape and mm-hmm. see, okay, is, am I still seeing these question marks? Yeah. Um, with with rap, he's playing a position where – it's not just the athleticism, though. It's the it's yes. the it's the mental part of it. It's the making the tackles. Yep. And again, you're not just tackling. You know, he's not just playing against receivers. Right. He's playing up against running backs. He's and he can probably match up against certain running backs mm-hmm. better than other ones. For sure. He, and he's and making and being a good tackler and matching up in the slot sometimes or matching up with tight ends. I can't. There's only a few tight ends who are going to be faster than him. Yes. So. Yeah, no, I I agree, and this is why this is this is so you're making a good case for him in terms of how much his value. You know, the comparison is obviously someone like Abram. Yeah. Right. And and you're you know a lot of people have Abram as number one, and they might have Rap a lot lower. Yeah. And how much is it really a difference between the two of them? Uh, granted, Abram ran a little faster than him. Yeah. But that's I can see what you're saying in terms of like yeah you might rank Abram higher or or not but. In terms of value, well, there's I, not a huge gap between them. Yeah. And also, <laughs> rap, I think, and I'm probably lower on both of those guys than the people who tout them. Yeah. Um, I think rap's got better hips. Yeah. As far, especially coverage-wise. So no, no, because he's also used... shown an ability to tackle in space. Yeah. It, the only thing is the question of his 40. Yeah. That's it. And he wasn't really asked to do a lot of long, down-the-field, man-to-man coverage. So it's it's hard to see how well that actually is going to be a problem. I mean, you would assume it would be. That's just your the intuition with that. With Abram, we've seen an issue with open mm-hmm. field tackling um, sometimes. I mean, he's yeah. a good run defender, but it's more run fits, reading it and coming down. Um, it's the same thing with uh, Deontay Thompson. Yes, I was waiting for one of us to bring him up because he was a guy who I think everybody was talking about first, second round at one point. Oh, yeah. And always I was shocked that we got to this point because he's also, you know, he's kind of reminding me of um, he's just, he's had such a fall from grace. And part of it, I think, is everybody saw him at the end of the year last year and, you know, playing in those bowl games mm-hmm. and not playing as well. But I think he plays a position. Now, he's not as versatile as some of the other guys, which is why maybe I have him lower than the top three guys who play deep safety. Yep. But he's still... Like, I, I I don't know if it was just like a, a brain recognition or again you're playing on an Alabama defense, but him and Mac Wilson had the same issues where people kind of keyed in on the fact that they were like they, they were having a couple of hiccups towards the end of the year, and but the problem is Deontay Tom, Deontay Thompson you know you only seen it for maybe a year and a half, and if you're seeing it at the end, it's what's going to keep it in your memory. It's yeah. not like a guy everybody saw about Jonah Williams. He had a bad game against Clemson. But, right. hey, you got three years of tape of him. So. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree. I do think that he's a ball hawk and a good run defender in general. 
And I think that that's why he, he's not – I'm not saying that he's phenomenal in coverage, but I think yeah. he is somebody that makes plays. Yeah. He will. He does have interceptions. He, he can get turnovers. He's He makes plays, even if he would get beat in a one-on-one matchup all the time, or he might not always be uh, in the right zone. But I think he's also one of those guys that's a good leader. A lot of these Alabama guys are. And to be fair, the Alabama defense can be pretty complicated. I think he's done a pretty good job running it for the, the amount of time that he had. So um, – I don't know that I'd have any questions about his uh, intelligence or his football IQ or being able to understand plays. Mm-hmm. I think he does that very well. Um, I think there's some hiccups in terms of communication, yeah. which is some, it's, it's different in terms of you know being out of position because you didn't understand the scheme. Sometimes it's just uh, miscommunication between you and the corner or a misread in terms of how somebody was lined up. I mean, that stuff does happen, but sometimes that's because of overstudy. You know, you're anticipating too many things at once. Um, and a lot of times the safety will get the blame because everybody can see it. They're the last line of defense. I know from personal experience. Um, so I wouldn't be as too concerned about that. My, my concern with him is similar to my concerns with Abram. Um, but Didn't I test think, well. I think I would put him, I might even put him a little bit above Abram. Though. I, I actually would yeah. because uh, for two reasons. One, I've seen him play in a lot, he's been in a lot bigger games. He's been, a lot, uh, you know, he's, and only he's just, he, he plays a, a more important position. I feel like mm-hmm. you know you, the guy who you're having on the back end, right, is way more important. Like, yes, box safeties don't have as much value a lot of the time. I mean, you know he's coming from a good school, and you also know as far as him coming from Alabama, uh, you know those guys sometimes don't test as well. And he didn't test as well, and it seems to be there's an injury reason as to why he didn't. Yeah, test I heard well. that too. So and, I'm not necessarily holding that against him. And maybe there was an injury reason ba- going back to the bowl games and wanting to be with your team. And yeah. so maybe he, he was slowing down or having those hiccups or communication issues because of that. It's totally plausible. Um, and like I said, that's why I do like him. Yeah. You know, I am partial to safeties in general. Yeah. So anything that I'm saying about any of these safeties, I do think they're all phenomenal players. I think it's actually a better class than people give him credit for. There's because, not like a top, there's no right. Malik Hooker, right? Right. There's no, there's no, I, there's no Jamal Adams right at the top. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's, there are guys though that can be impact starters. I think a number of them can be starters. I think a lot of it's day two guys. A lot of mm-hmm. second round, third round. I think maybe there's I think clusters. Chance, yeah, cluster. I think the top three guys are in their cluster. Well, I would like to insert somebody else possibly that in could that shake top up. area. He or, might be in the top area. He might be in the top five. He might be in the top ten. But somebody's gonna fall in love with this kid, and I think it's Will Harris from Boston College. Hmm. All right, I love, dude. I think he's a great, great speed. His three cone, his three cone, I think was the be- one of the best, at least for the safety position. I mean, that's important yeah. because he was playing strong safety, yeah. And he's covering a lot of guys down in the slot and getting running backs out of the backfield and open field tackling. That matters too, yeah. Um, but he's shown his ability to do all that. Loves to hit, loves to hit. Not, not you know, good tackler. Would like if he wrapped up a little bit more, but he 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 loves. He's got a willingness to get in there and get dirty. He's a strong safety, but he has the athleticism to play free, and that's what I like. I don't like guys that are – like, you get the, the strong safety that's just limited to strong safety, and we just talked about a few of them. But I would prefer somebody that – they're a strong safety because they're smart, because they not love to hit, you know, because they're leaders. Because a, yeah. a lot of the strong safeties are the camp chancellors of the world and whatnot. But um, they're also phenomenal cover guys. They, they just happen to be really good at strong safety. Yeah. But if you need them to, they can drop back, and you could have interchangeable safeties. That's another thing too. You don't want to have people running all over the place. You could just simply rock and roll the safeties. Yeah, you know. And he's somebody that can do that. And I think he's somebody that is probably somewhere in the top two on somebody's draft board as far as safeties go. I really do. I think he's, uh, you know, his tape is up and down, mm-hmm. but he's. Uh, I, I look. I like him. I, I like him. He's my. Um, if we're talking about comparison to corner. He's my uh, like Sheffield, like the guy that could just be, nice. you know, surprising a lot of people, or he could just be a flash in the pan. We don't know. Good. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, I was that was a, a shocker. I was not expecting him, and I, I think you had mentioned Sheffield mm-hmm. two seconds before we started recording. <laughs> I had heard of Sheffield. I don't think I've ever. I don't think anybody's dropped this guy's name before. Well, what I like to do is I like to find guys from Ohio State. It's really simple. And yeah, then, or Boston College, apparently. No, I like Boston College, too, because lately they've been getting some specimens in terms of their defensive backs. I mean, Justin Simmons. And their D-line. Yes. They, you know, Harold I mean, Landry, Zach Allen. Zach Allen, who I think is kind of – I don't think he's – it depends on where uh, – media-wise has gotten underrated by some, and then some people pushed up. So I, I think he's 
he's another guy who I think is kind of getting that, oh, he's not Harold Landry. Well, no, but mm-hmm. Harold Landry was good, man. Harold yeah. Landry was, I mean, if he was in this draft class and he was healthy, he, he I mean, he would have been a first-round pick last year if he was healthy. If there right. were no injury concerns. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate. And I, I think people were shocked when he fell to the second day that night of the draft, and I think that then that's when all the stuff about injury concerns came out. Yeah. So no, yeah, like I mean, well, I mean, there, there was questions with his injuries, but not like I, it wasn't. Oh my God, this is going to make him drop, kind of. Yeah, deal. it's yes, be banged up. How well? I mean, but it wasn't as as much of a red flag. Yeah. You know, maybe it was orange. 